are back. Appreciation for pressing play. My name is Michael Parker. I'm here with a great friend of mine, Kyle Granado. Kyle, Kyle, please verify that you are here. Hey, Mike. Kyle's here. How's everybody doing? I know it's been a while since we've done one of these things, so if you did press play, thank you. Yeah, we are uh, We are friends. We are from Chicago. Uh, this is something we used to do, uh, I guess, about four or five years ago. We did about 40 podcasts in about a nine-month span, and then we stopped. And then we talked about doing it again and talked about doing it again. We're finally here doing it again. Uh, so we'll kind of just be talking about whatever. Uh, we do have some general plans of getting some different people on here in the future, but that's all sort of to be determined. But if you know anybody who would be a cool person to do something like this or uh, have any ideas, reach out. Social media, it's easy. I'm not even going to go through how to do it. But, um, yeah, here we are. Yeah, so if this is your first time, again, welcome. If you want to go check out that other stuff, I'm sure you'd be able to find it looking up the Daily Gauge. Um, be willing to bet they're all posted on our Facebook page. There is still a Facebook page. And, uh, yeah, I still got to figure out how I'm going to post this. So, I guess. Nice. That might be a good place. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because uh, probably like four or five months ago, I had like three random people like the Daily Gauge. And it's like, oh, yeah, three guys like this now. Where the hell were you four years ago? Well, yeah, I was out on... Um, Saturday this weekend, and someone asked me, hey, do you and Kyle still do that podcast? And I was like, no, but <laughs> we're about to start doing it. So Nice. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot going on over here. Um, as we know, we both just kind of had life going on. We both moved officially to the city, so we're not doing this podcast out of uh, one of our parents' basements anymore. So that is a big upgrade. We're doing it out of our own apartments. Yes. And I'm going to call Kyle out because he just turned the big 30. I did, the big 3-0. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> the only time I, I think I might have told you this uh, at my birthday as well. The only time it really hit me was I was at the gym the day before my birthday. And, you know, when you're on some of those cardio machines or treadmills or whatever, they'd ask you to put in your weight and your age. And putting in being able to hit 29 that one last time was... A little bittersweet, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel, um, not 30 yet, but it's, I'm right there, obviously. Yeah. I don't feel, I don't know. I guess it depends where you're at in your life, if you have kids or you're married, but. That's true. And I, feel, I, I feel like I'm still 24. And I heard somebody say not too long ago that, like, I, I guess you'd put us in the millennial generation. We're not really Generation X. We're a little bit, uh, we would be a little bit old or young for that generation, but people are saying that it's mostly the millennials that, you know, life doesn't really start for them until 28, 30 years old now. Whereas when, you know, the baby boomers, our parents, some of those people, their life started at 18. They were able to go out and get, you know, a, a well-paying job enough to be able to buy a house. And you didn't really have to have terrific credit back in the day to get a loan. And everything was a lot cheaper and a lot different than it is now. So, you know, I think that that does hold true. It's you do a lot more growing up, obviously. I think anyone who's over the age of 21 listening to this, which would probably be everybody, but I think you'd know that it's like at that point in your life, you feel, at least for the first few years, you feel a lot more mature coming uh, as you get older. Like, what the hell was I doing when I was a kid? Yeah. Or when I was younger, you know? You think about all those stupid times at the bars or what you do on the way home from parties and, you know, all those things that seemed really fun at the time. Uh, you know, you can't really justify ever doing them again and it's you know become going out on friday night becomes an extreme challenge when 
everybody's working, you know, all week and everyone together is just looking forward to sleeping in on Saturday or at least getting able to sleep a little bit longer than they're normally able to. Right. I got a question for you because I I was just thinking about this at work today. Will you ever get used to working these sort of like middle class jobs? You know, I don't know. And I'm I'm like, like I said, like you said, I just turned 30. I'm at a point in my life where I've been really trying to think of, you know, people always say like, oh, if you had a million dollars, what would you do? And that's what you're supposed to do for the rest of your life. Like, you know, in theoretically, that's supposed to be your happy thing. I don't know. I feel like any given person could get sick of something. You know, you can truly, truly love something for years and years and years. I'm not, I'm saying like an activity more or less, not a person or anything like that. But, you know, you truly, truly love something and you love doing it. But then, you know, it'd be like, yeah, I'd really like to open an ice cream shop, say, hypothetically. You know, I'm really into ice cream, blah, blah, blah. You know, after how long are you going to get pissed off of owning that ice cream shop and not want to deal with the shitty customers and not want to deal with your shitty employees and not want to deal with all the things that come along with it, you know? Yeah, that's where I think now that we've sort of been in the, you know, like the post-college, post-education workforce, that's what I'm noticing now is uh, the longest longest I've been at with one company has been four years, which isn't that long, but... I guess compared to how long I've been working, it's a decent amount, but I feel like I'm always going to want change, even if it's just change an employer. Like what I see now is I'm working on a te- with a team of about 10 people mm-hmm. and half of us are, you know, right around 30 or younger and the other half of us are pretty much 60 or older. So pretty close to retiring. And for the sake of conversation, we'll just say all of them. It's not exactly all of them, all of them to certain degrees of just being very grumpy, fairly negative, like not not desirable people to work with. And I think it's just a result of, I mean, these are people that have been working at the same place for, you know, 30 plus years. So, so oh, no, I sort totally of the get cliche, you. but it's sort of, um, it's not very inspiring to see. Oh, I, I was just in the job. I was just working. I was supervising a team and my team <coughs> was majority all but one, I should say, uh, female, and they were all at least 15, well, I would say at least 10, most of them 15, 20 to 30 years my senior, so they were all much older than me, you know, my mom's age or around that time, and it just, it blew my mind what some of these people would, what they'd get away with, how they act to other people, you know, it's, to me, it was more like, I just, I don't even want to do, you know, people bitch about that they're not busy or they have this or that. But then when you try to give them something to do, they just don't even want to do it. You know, they just want to, you know, people just want to put on a cover. The gossip can be brutal. I feel like gossip never dies. True. And I will say, though, that people whose parents let them call in sick to, uh, like, school when they were a kid, you know, uh, they're the same people that have no problem calling off. You know, a lot a lot of people I know, I feel, who they're of the, the mindset where when you take a day off, especially when you work in a team environment, you're not just hurting, you're hurting the team, you know. It's going to make it harder for everybody else. And yes, there are some days where you're sick and you do need to take that time off, but a lot of people don't even have a second thought, too, where it's like, eh, fuck those people. I'll yeah. just do whatever I want. Yeah, I just, for me, it's, I guess kind of how I was saying I still feel like I'm 24. I don't know if it's still the young liberal 
Michael Parker still breathing, but mm-hmm. for me, I just always come back to reflecting on how the work culture affects our culture, the culture of the world. Oh, just definitely. Everything that's going on, talk about how much time we spend doing it and sort of the the cliche rabbit hole conversation of, you know, the almighty dollar and how it controls everything. But for me, it's, I don't want to get into that, like, capitalism isn't working but maybe it's not like maybe it has worked to an extent where it's got us all this really cool shit it's got us this technology but i guess something i was talking about was with uh labor day how awesome a four day work week would be and i don't feel like that's this radical idea i mean it is is it it is but is it finland or sweden one of those countries where they just enacted that not too long ago i want to say there are countries i'm not 100 percent sure but there are countries that have done it and i know in utah in a i don't know if it was salt lake city or Mm -hmm. wherever but they did do months or a half a year some some time where everyone in that city all the businesses in that city followed it and they ended up going back but it was sort of like a mandate type of thing see i'm You know, I am for it, but I have to say that it would have to be only in certain circumstances where your job allows it. Like, obviously, people who worked in retail or fast food, like, yeah, they can probably get away with doing four tons. But then also, you know, it's a lot longer day for people as well, especially when you're work. They have to work it on a Friday or Saturday. But that's the difference. They also have to account for Fridays and Saturdays where, you know, we people of the workforce who do busybody push button work it'd probably work for them. You know, they go to work, they only have to do certain things, but then there'd be the same people where, you know, your job depends on somebody else. So if you're not work, if they're not working, it's hard for you to do your job, if that makes sense. Well, we've gotten to a point where computers and technology, the amount of business that happens in a day, is well, always yeah. mind-boggling to me, where it's like, if I didn't have email or a computer to do all this, this what I just did in 10 minutes probably took three days before at least i mean just think about how long mail takes i mean i know mail probably used to be a little bit better than it is today just with how much stuff is actually being bought and shipped and sent so i'll give them that benefit of the doubt but <clears throat> technologies i mean even the last four years what's come out since we've started this podcast you know there were probably a couple we did talking about the zeitgeist or talking about this or that and you know could not man not necessarily mold with machine but i think you could definitely see now more than ever machines are going to take away a lot of jobs and it's going to happen quickly and we're you know i'm not sure exactly what's going to happen after that but yeah. me, you know people keep complaining i want to strike for things like 15 dollars for fast food minimum wage and don't get me wrong i don't think you should be getting paid nothing but i also think that your education level should dictate you know your annual income not completely but if you don't have a ged i don't think you need to be making 20 dollars an hour well that's what what is cool about capitalism is like i mentioned it it provides all this platform for innovation and ideas of how to make things better so that people will buy that whether it's a product or a service or whatever but also just the reality still exists that like you said whether you want to start the ice cream shop or be a comic or a musician the opportunity is there. Yeah. Is it, you know, easier said than done, obviously, with a lot of things when you start talking about, you know, your big dreams or what you wanted to be when you were a little kid. But it is, uh, I mean, it is in front of you. It's just a matter of trying to get there. And Oh, I agree. You, you might fail. But th- that is the cool part of being in this system is. Well, 
to go back to my point about how you know we might we may be losing jobs, but I read an article that said we're going to come out in an era of you know pure creativity. There's going to be so much more room for people to do creative things and make things and build things that. You know, while we might not have jobs doing that, it's going to free up a lot of people's time to do these other things. Yeah. And you look at something as simple as like YouTube, or I don't know if you're f- too familiar too familiar with Twitch TV. No. So that's a streaming website, and what they mostly do it sounds ridiculous to anybody that does, has never heard of this, but they stream people playing video games. So or like you know tournaments in other countries or this or that, because that's actually. <laughs> a lot bigger than you'd think um maybe not necessarily in america in america there's only a couple games and the teams from america and the big games aren't too good but overseas not just like in asia and china and korea and that kind of stuff but in europe there are these 10 20 million dollar tournaments for video games and these guys that are on these teams or not even necessarily on these teams it could just be anybody who wants to be a personality you get a little can't you know you essentially stream your gameplay live and you have a little camera showing your face and people come watch you play and talk to you in the chat. You kind of interact with them, and they give you tips. They can subscribe to your channel for $5 a month. Yeah. And people are making big money doing that. People love to create things. I mean, I'm definitely one of those people, whether it's something like this podcast or making music or just think when you're a little kid. I mean, you, you draw, you, you make shit out of paper. Oh, it's imagination. Think yeah. of that. Like, you make up your own games. Yeah, I think that that is the cool thing. I think it's sort of imposes this uh like idea of self-awareness too when you create things and i'm i'm all for people doing it for like the organic artistic i'm just doing it to express myself but most people usually want to share their stuff Mm -hmm. and i think that comes comes down to sort of want to seeing like what you're what you gave off you know like what is the reaction to the energy that you're giving which i'm i love being around people who are creative and even if it is annoying to an extent mm-hmm. like pushes like hey i paint or hey i blog or this that like doing being outward in that fashion is is always appealing to me i think social media has really pulled that yeah channel, definitely like to the top of our culture really well that's the thing too people have to remember um you know i'm not like some big success of creativity or anything like that but just keep doing it if you like doing it it doesn't matter what it is whether it's pl- playing stupid video games online or whether it's making music or it's painting or taking pictures or your goddamn food if you like doing that and posting that on you know whatever social media you can and other people like that at least you're bringing some people joy you know people oh that's a really cool picture i'm gonna like that picture you know having a stranger do something like that seems so like such a small thing but you know it means a lot it's like you could randomly be tweeting about something these days and you know, all of a sudden, 50 people you don't know are like, oh, yeah, I like that tweet. You know, it's like, whoa, you know? Yeah. Just that slight bit of, I guess you could say satisfaction, but as long as you're really working at it, you know, you'll develop a following eventually, even if it's only 100 people. I just heard uh, Greg Fitzsimmons say on a podcast that you only need a 1,000, like, diehard fans, and that's all it really takes for you to get to, you know, the next level. That if you, whatever you do, if you have 1,000 diehard fans that anytime you sell a t-shirt or you do this or you do that, they're going to buy it, then you that's when you know you've made it. It's crazy. I'm sure even just from the time that we did podcast last time and to right now, I mean, I definitely 
I probably listen to podcasts more than I listen to music, which might be surprising to some people who know me well, but there's so much. You can listen to production, edited, storyline podcasts. You could listen to conversations between extremely intelligent people, people who are wasted, people who are getting stoned, people... I mean, it's... uh. I mean, shit, we proved it. Any idiot with a, a <laughs> mixer and a computer could do it in a couple of microphones. Yeah. You know, the podcasting has exploded in the last four or five years. Um, too bad we didn't... <laughs> it's funny because I'm sure there could be somebody listening to us thinking like, well, why didn't you guys just stick to it and do right. that? Like, <laughs> you know, at the time, we didn't... I don't even think we really knew what we were getting into when we started the podcast. I wouldn't... Like I, I said then, and I'll still say it today... There's not a ton uh, I would take back from a lot of those podcasts, I think. Well, I think ultimately just to be willing to do this, you sort of have to be someone that's yeah comfortable with you know, either having it's uh, potentially sounded like an idiot in a couple years or, mm. you know, it's it's got that. It's not going to go away. And I'm not saying, you know, none of my views have changed on things and this and that because as most people know, as you grow and you get to learn things better, your views are going to change on things. And if they're not going to change and you're just stuck in your ways, then that's when, you know, you might have some problems down the line. But get to that when uh, that happens. Yeah. All right. I want to I wanna try to switch gears. Uh, and I know this is a cliche conversation that's sort of been maybe talked about too much, maybe not. But I feel like I've talked to pretty much everyone in my inner circle at least to some extent, about this whole situation of uh, San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick uh, sitting down during the national anthem. Now it's a knee. Now it's a knee. Um, I guess to to sort of start going down the path I think we'll go down, what has what has the been the reaction of people in your little bubble? Like, is it split? Is it more so... Like supporting his right to like who gives a shit? Why are you so fragile? Or are you the no stand up and? I mean, I haven't talked to a ton of people about it to tell you the truth, but I feel like more people than not are kind of in the camp of you make a shitload of money, stand up. Like it means you know you sitting down doesn't mean what you think it means. I think that's like what think that's what most people are trying to put out there or how they're at least justifying the thought to themselves right um as far as where i stand um see it's hard it's like it's like playing a political game to a certain extent you know it's like it's almost asking somebody well where do you sit with black lives matter or where do you sit with violence going on you know again you know with the with against police officers because i you could say it's not the same thing, but in my mind, it sort of is. Um, obviously, that's like one of the things he's trying to make a stand for. So, I, you know, I want to say that's a freedom of expression. You know, do what you want. If that's how you want to express yourself, it's he's not getting on runways of airports or blocking expressways or doing things like that. If he just wants to do this little thing, you know, whatever, that's on him. I... <laughs> I feel like I've personally seen players take a knee for the national anthem before, but maybe I'm just confusing that with something else. Well, to me, it, it comes down to, I think it's, I don't want to call it genius or use a word like that, but it's anything, I'm always one to, 
be be that person talking to a stranger or talking to anyone like, oh, I want to talk politics. I want to talk about big things. I'm not a small talk person per se. I'm usually fairly quiet. But I think it is cool that in doing that, he didn't really harm anybody, like you said. I mean, it was just this sort of doing nothing, mm-hmm. essentially. And it's gotten all these people to talk about it. And I think, yes, it creates these conversations and people get heated, but... I guess, like, to jump to the conclusion that I think you should get out of this, and this isn't the first time that something's happened that you should get to this conclusion, but there's no right or wrong answer here. True. There there is no, you know, I guess for me what what has sort of grabbed my attention the most out of it is how much, at least, you know, and I kind of ask you, like, in your inner circle, in my bubble, what I've seen on Facebook, what I've seen on social media when I talk to, you know, friends is people are, like, truly hurt by this. Like especially going back, I feel like a lot. I've seen a lot of videos of people who served and just how outraged they are. And to me, that's where it goes. Like, okay, I I get your outrage, but I would appreciate a little more stableness out of you, mm-hmm. because technically, what you are defending is that. And you know, I, I I'm definitely in the camp of like, okay, I get it. Could he have done a different way? Like, sure, he could have. He could have just sat at a press conference and done something whatever just you know strictly used his voice but and i mean i think what was cool is when you do listen to what he said after he did it he, he backed himself up in a fairly like logical manner from i agree my, from my perspective where you know he's I, I i think we're pretty reliant on athletes and and artists famous people whatever you you know whether they're famous from you know whatever kind of business they're they're involved in it's like those are the people who kind of, you know, you, you think back of like revolutionary people. And, you know, for me, because I'm a music nerd, I'm always going to bring up, you know, John Lennon, Bob Marley, you know, Jimi Hendrix, all these people sort of preach that kind of, you know, and there's tons of artists who, you know, you can kind of compare to them in a non-musical aspect. But I think it would be cool if, if more athletes, uh, and I think it's kind of happening, not as much as I would like to see, but something we could probably hit on later is like being from Chicago, how crazy this city is and how i mean really we're not exposed to really any of that yeah chaos in a very direct way but <coughs> i would love to see instead of just throwing money around actually you know maybe using money to st- uh, i don't know i mean maybe it exists and i don't see it or know about it but see this is the thing that i don't like about uh what he had said is because he didn't make that point or have that press conference till after he did it the second time and obviously had a well-written, thought-out answer for these people when they finally asked him, for a week and a half or ten days, we were talking about Colin Kaepernick. Right. Not not the fact that what he was standing up for or any of that. We were talking about Colin Kaepernick and what type of person he was for doing that. And that's... That's where it sucks, because if he would just comes out right away at that first press conference and says this, 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 and this, and I know he says, you know, I'm giving my money to my first million to these people to help patrol the areas and this and that, but, I mean, there's the other part of me that, you know, those people that are so disrespected that would say, why aren't you giving that money to then donate, you know, a million dollars to the police department, because they need that money to pay people overtime to be on these corners to make sure that there isn't you know, this violence happening. Right. And these, you know. So, like I said, I, I can understand seeing it from both ways. Um, Absolutely. But he's just, I don't know. He's a different guy. 
yeah, I'm, I'm by no means do I think he has uh, got himself into some sort of uh, book of progressive people of, of you know, <laughs> post-2000, but... Yeah, and I've, I've never personally been a fan of his on the field or off the field. I've always just thought he right. was... He's just always not been my kind of player that I like, so I'll just uh, keep my opinion about him to myself. Yeah, I mean, I don't care about him, but it is... It's like, what's going to be next? What are we going to talk about next for five days? Uh, who knows? NFL season's starting up, so... <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Uh, I'm sure that'll be the talk of many things of sh- in Chicago for at least the first three weeks when people think the Bears have a chance. I mean, do you want to weigh in and make a quick Bears preseason pred- prediction? I do. I want to think about it for five seconds. Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll give my little spiel while you think about it if you want. Yeah. So I do think the team will compete more than they did last year. I know the preseason has looked absolutely terrible, and the good thing is they can't look anything worse than they did in those games. Um, signing that Green Bay offensive lineman whose name I can't think of right now I think was a very, very good move. Um, you have So the offensive line is almost short up. Hopefully that means Jay Cutler actually has some time because I think this is one of the last years you know that you just saw with Robbie Gold. I think this is the le- one of the last years that you keep Jay or <clears throat> one of the last two years because after this year I think they're definitely going to go after a new quarterback. So we'll see if that's a young guy or if they try to sign somebody. But all in all, I'm going to say uh, with a defense that's going to finish probably around like 24th in the league against the pass, if not worse. Maybe in the top fifteen against the run, they'll uh, they'll finish like five and eleven. Five and eleven. Yeah. I want to say six wins, but I know I'm being too pes. I think I'm being too pessimistic right now, so I want to be optimistic and say seven. But you know, I I don't know. I'm not a huge Bears fan. I live in the Bulls world mostly, mm-hmm. but see, I I am, um, and it sucks. Because they were so close for so so many years, and yeah. to think that they had that magical defense for those few years with Erlacher and Lance Briggs and Peanut Tillman, and you just could not get anybody to come in here and play, do anything on offense whose name was not Matt Forte, yeah, and you just wasted the prime of those guys' careers, years that you could have, you could and should have had multiple Super Bowls. Yeah, it's man, sports, are <laughs> sports is. Uh, it's a huge thing. Yeah. People uh, like to live out, like, you know, same thing with entertainment. People just like to live outside their life when they don't want to deal with themselves and their personal things that they have going on. Sometimes you do have nothing going on, so you just want something to entertain you. You know, you want to, people want to have something to cheer for. It's the reason why people cheer for underdogs, you know, all the time. You just automatically, nobody ever wants, like, you know, the favorite team to win, especially if you're watching a big game. Do you see yourself being. Do you see yourself being a uh, sort of Bears fan or football fan as far as Sundays, you know, NFL Sundays? Is that something that's going to live out for the rest of your life? I think so. I think we're only going to see it continue. Like people may say like, oh, the fantasy bubble, that might pop down the line. Like I don't think it does for the NFL. I think maybe for the other sports it does. But the NFL legitimately has one day of the week that is dedicated to them for four months out of the year. There's nothing else that will even put on programming while the football games are on because, you know, with the exception of some Thursday night. But still, the NFL smashes. I know. They are the number one ratings grab everywhere. Um, I don't see it going anywhere for 
our lifetime. I'll probably see myself, you know, maybe to obviously you get new commitments down the line. You know, sometimes maybe you run into a new job where you have to work on Sundays and you're just not able to watch for a year or so. I feel like it's easier to get people to go out on Thursdays in the winter in Chicago when there's a football game on. Ten times. That's sometimes in the summer when it's a beautiful day. It, I think it's just easier getting people to go out when you say, like, if we're going to go out and watch this football game as opposed to, like, oh, we're going to go out and watch the Bulls game because, you know, the Bulls game, while it's a good game and, you know, this and that, most of them are, what, roughly two hours? Uh, a basketball game, two and a half. So most NFL games now are probably around the average of, like, three or three and a half. And when it's prime time, you could probably extend that by about 15 or 20 minutes, I'd say. Yeah. So... You know, you do have a little more time. I feel like if you walk in in the middle of the first quarter of a football game, you know, you might not have really missed much. But if you miss the first quarter of a basketball game, you know, it's almost done. Yeah. Now, what about? I agree with you. I don't. I think fantasy football, all fantasy sports are are around. Maybe there might be a little bit of bubble when it comes to work, like work fantasy leagues. Yeah. Where maybe people after they do it for a couple of years realize like, okay. But do, but does there? Because I've I've hit that point where I. I'm backing out of a fantasy, my main fantasy league because I I don't like spending my entire Sunday. Well, and, that and I don't I do blame fantasy just because of my competitive aspect. Like I want to pay attention and I want to watch and know what's going on. Yeah, but I don't like watching football that much. See, that's just I'm sure you could say this maybe with basketball, but I can watch any football game that's on as long as the teams. I can get invested in one team or another for a reason. Um, as long as it's played at a pretty decent level, I'd say. Um, right. It's definitely something I'll always check out. Any game can be great to watch when it's close. And I think football holds the advantage when it's not because you can score six points at once. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, and well, you know, in basketball you can go on a run or grand slam in baseball, but I just feel like football, you know, the point being football is definitely most entertaining. Oh, definitely. And to think that, you know, I would say that the NFL athletes are probably some of the best in the world all around. I mean, I know obviously you got your Michael Phelps and blah, blah, blah. But for men of their size and their strength and their speed, you know, there's not a ton of people that can do that. And that's why I think watching any NFL, any NFL game is a lot better because the competition is so good. Right. You know, every the worst team is not that much worst <laughs> that that didn't make sense so the the last place team is not that much different than the team in first place you know it's just a matter of a couple players mm -hmm. here they're shifting and i think that was fireworks interesting orc nope it's people upstairs oh sounds like a skateboard oh uh, yeah sometimes <laughs> it sounds like their dog rides a skateboard <laughs> <laughs> what about uh concussions and the, f the future of the sport do you see okay you played you played football all you pretty mm -hmm. much since you were little tackle football like played at a high level in high school while you were a teenager would you let your kid do exactly what you did i would um you know people may think i'm crazy and whatnot but um you know as long as the kids have good coaches that are teaching them because that's all peewees is is the basics yeah. so i understand you know kids aren't really going to hit that hard um Obviously, as you get to like the sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, you might get a couple kids who are a little bit bigger, but that's why the weight classes are nice. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got to be within a certain thing, and, and as long as you have a good coach that teaches kids how to do it right and 
play, you know, you're not getting backside pressures with quarterbacks getting smashed because a lot of peewee football and high school football even is just running the ball. So I feel like you're going to get a lot less concussions running the ball than people going over the middle and getting decked by these safeties like you see in college in the NFL or quarterbacks, like I said, getting hit from the blind side or taking the weird hit. You just don't really see that too much in peewee football. I think now that it's just been such a huge conversation, we talk about football and families sort of addressing, and not just with football but all sports, of head injuries. It'll be interesting to see what does happen in the next five to ten years. How do the professional leagues deal with it? How does how does it play out? Because, I mean, you'd have to think they could come up with some sort of helmet or some new helmets. Like in the day and age we're living, you'd have to. I would just think that they're going to do something that. You know, helmets are 10 times different than they were even when I played, and that was, you know, 10 or 12 years ago. Right. I'm sure they're 100 times safer than when I was wearing them, and my helmet was 100 times safer than the guy wearing it 10 years before me. Well, what I sort of see happening, which people will probably not like it, but I could see eventually the NFL taking this approach of what we call a big hit, which is sometimes a dirty hit and sometimes not. There's really a... I guess everyone has different definitions, yeah, but for the most there. part, it's like what what I think they're going to do is basically, even if it's what would now be considered a clean hit, there needs to be a little bit of respect for what's happening, and they need to find a way to give an incentive for these players, like that Notre Dame Texas game that just happened. Seeing uh, that was a clean that was a clean hit, or no? Did they suspend him? I'm not sure exactly what happened with him. Um, you know, so, so many Notre Dame fans will tell you that was targeting and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And you could say, you know, I'm not going to say it was not, but. <laughs> well, like, that's football. I think I think I those hits have to sort of go away in order to really take away. the. I mean, I think concussions are still going to exist on other plays, but the obvious ones like that will, I think, keep football around longer. And it'll keep, you know, even in the high school level, I know they make, like, penalties, but I, I would be on the side of saying, okay, like, if we see this kid do this two times in one year, like, he's off the team. And I know it's kind of shitty. It might be unfair, but there has to be some system in place to sort of prevent some of these big hits from occurring, at least up until a certain level, you know? You know, and I totally understand that. And the only thing that does suck as a player is a lot of the times, like, Obviously, football, especially at a high level, the game moves so fast, so fast, very fast, and you're, you know, you're just basing everything you're doing off of your instinct reactions. You know, your reads, your you read one thing, you're instantly reacting to do one to another thing. You see the ball coming, you know, you're instantly reacting to try to hit a guy or catch the ball or knock the ball down, do whatever. So I do understand how some of these time, like some of the hits, do to me come off as unintentional. You know, they're just trying to make a play to help their team win that game. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time, you could tell when they're not, especially, you know, like sideline hits and you're on quarterbacks and things like that. I think you can kind of read between the lines with some of those. But, uh, you know, some of them is just instinctual. You're not even thinking of it until the last second when you see that guy coming out of the corner of your eye and you put your shoulder down. Yeah. And, you know, just because he's so off balance – that's why it looks so like looks so bad, you know. Yeah. But anytime you're targeting for the head, I think that's a little different. Yeah. I wanted to play football so bad, my my mother would not let me play. 
Probably a good thing being like a little kid. I will say I was pretty. My parents kept good. You know, obviously I I I believe I had really good parents, but football really kept me disciplined in a lot of aspects of a lot of things. Like, still to this day, I've never experienced anything harder than. Well, I guess like you know, three days in high school are long. Don't get me wrong. And they're hot because you're doing it all day in, like, the August summer. But bulldog practices were, like, hard. Like, the hardest practice I've ever... Like, you ran and you ran and you ran and you ran and you ran. And it never made sense to me. But you... Every Bulldogs team, that's why they were so good. They outlasted every team in the second half. They, all their kids had the conditioning. They had the discipline. They were, like, really good at teaching you those things and the basics. Yeah. And I think, like, you know, it instills a lot in you as a kid that you don't realize until you're a little closer to it an adult, you know, like having, and I think that's, what's good about playing sports in general. is like, and not, not being the coach of your own children because it teaches them to have respect for other people. All right. You know, you don't want your, a kid that's not going to listen to, you know, maybe the kid doesn't listen to you, but he's going to listen to all his coaches. Yeah. Competition is healthy. I agree. Yeah. All right. I want to, I want to switch gears on you as, um, President Barack Obama, he's got to be like drooling about getting out of that house <laughs> and probably making, he's probably going to make a shit ton of money. Yeah. They just released that movie. I don't know if you saw that about like him yeah. and Michelle's first date. I I don't think it's like a big theatrical really. I mean, it's right. obviously being released in theaters, but I, I'm not even sure what to say about that. Yeah. Well, before we talk a little bit about the whole Trump Clinton madness situation, Obama, I don't, we don't need to like go crazy about this, but. Good president, bad president, or whatever. Um, I voted for him twice, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say good president. Yeah. Um, you know, I try to say that. Looking, obviously, the way people answer this question, I'd almost say could be the way they're gonna tell you they're gonna vote. Um, this coming election, because all the people that think he did this terrible job and we need he needs to be out of here. I think that they're going to be the people that are voting for Donald Trump. And I think the people who think he did a pretty good job, which would be me, would be voting for Hillary Clinton in the end. Yeah. So with a level head, though, I would say he's good. he did a good job as president. Like, I mean, the one thing people don't understand is, like, your taxes are going to go up one way or another for, one, you know, one thing or this this or that. It's not going to matter. Taxes will always keep going up. Well, yeah, the change of a president is not going to alter Minis- your, uh, minuscule. your income too much. And to think like how many more people do have health care now um, because of Obamacare and like that thing, or how many people I personally know who were able to stay on their parents' insurance till they were 26 years old that helped me. and therefore didn't go uninsured for four to six years and you know were able to get the medications they needed and not have to break the bank trying to pay for them. You know, I I don't know how people can't see some of that as positive. So I'm going to say good president. Yeah, for me, I guess I consider him a good president. I'm sort of in that middle of, uh, like, it's the president. I think anyone who wants to be the president is pretty fucked up in the head yeah, in a general sense. If you don't mind me just adding real quick, I will say as far as me as an American citizen, I feel he did a good job for me here. I really am not too into the political affairs and all of that, so I can't say, like, any treaties or anything like that that he signed were definitely like all good moves, that kind of thing. As you can do with any person, you can criticize the, the shit right out of someone. And 
you know, for him, I think there's a lot of things that are uh, uh, more towards unknown than known. A lot of things that have happened with drone killings, and I mean, who the who the hell knows what's actually going on? But I do think, for the most part, he seems like an okay guy. I mean, I like him better than Bush, just from a person, like a yeah. personable aspect. Who would you rather have a beer with? That's what I always tell people. Like, what I would vote based upon, and that does seem weird with like the Trump and Hillary Clinton thing. But I feel like she would at least give me a few minutes to like talk to her and not try to talk over me the entire time and tell <laughs> me how much better they were than me and. You know, that's why I'd rather have a beer with her than Donald Trump. But will you definitely be voting, or is there any part of you that is uh, like, no? And unless I'm like unable to, yeah. because you know, for one reason or another. But I always think, obviously, the president. You know, people would say like, oh, the presidential race is the most important one. Like that's the one you need to vote on the most. And I would probably tell them that they're wrong. Like you need to be voting in your local elections Mayor, and. Yeah. Not just, you know, mayor and alderman and things of that, you know, maybe even congressmen and things of that nature. I think that's the hidden point out of all this yeah. is learning that, like, I'm, I'm definitely one of those people that I, I'm not excited about either of these people. And I think that is a huge chunk that aren't really accounted f- accounted for in the media or mm-hmm. isn't really talked about much. But it, I kind of don't want to vote. Even though I know I might as well, I mean it's it's weird. It's like we're we're in Chicago. We're pretty much always going to be a blue state. So how much does your vote count and this and that? I mean I've always voted every time opportunity I've had, but I definitely yeah I voted for Obama twice and supported him getting reelected. And now it's sort of I've I had this theory you know originally in my brain and I've heard it brought up you know by many people more and more is. I'm so indifferent, uh, like an unhealthy indifference because I think it should be Clinton and it will be Clinton. But I'd almost be cool with seeing Trump step in because I think it is so chaotic and I don't. it just doesn't seem logical to me to, to want this guy to be president. Either, I don't care if that either. offends people or not, but that just the reasons for supporting him is so ignorant of so many other aspects of running – arguably the most important country in the world uh, it's it's insane i you know i 100% agree with that and like I'm, i really don't want to get into it but <laughs> the whole you know going to war to make money and that kind of thing i feel like that just happens more with a republican president than it would with a democratic president um not saying that donald trump would want to go to war or do anything like that but one thing that I would like to touch on real quick, um, well, continue what you were saying. I want to search this real quick for no, you. No, I, I, I feel like we sort of hit what what I've definitely learned out of seeing um, these primaries. I mean, the Republican Party, if you're a Republican or a conservative, I am definitely someone who's always sort of leaned left, I guess, whatever the hell that means. I've, I've always uh, been quicker to support a Democratic uh you know, nominee for all sorts of shit, but it's all not working. I mean, we're not th- looking for the solutions in politics. I just don't think is going to get us anywhere. And that's where like, it does have to start from the bottom up. It, it's just people, at least, at least having these conversations, I think sort of going back to what the whole Kaepernick thing and this and that, like, I think to not talk about shit is, is not a good idea. And I'm glad that I'm talking about shit with you. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Um, 
just building off that Donald Trump thing, I want to just, I don't know if you saw this yet today, but I just want to kind of read it to you and see like what your thoughts are about it. I didn't, I didn't hear about it, so I'm about to hear about it. So this actually doesn't have anything to do with America. It says, uh, Britain to build 13-foot-high wall to block refugees from entering the UK. Now, it is going to be 13 feet high, will stretch for one kilometer along a dual carriageway approaching port. It's between France and the UK, and they're doing this distinctively to black immigrants. Like I said, it's only one kilometer long. I was just going to repeat, it's only one kilometer long? Yeah. So, I don't even know. I mean, <laughs> do you think someone like Donald Trump will use something like that as a gateway to tell people that, you know, oh, look, other countries are doing it to keep the immigrants out? Because I'm sure you heard how he went to Mexico last week. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who didn't, he, you know, he did not... L- I don't follow, watch tons of press conferences or anything like that. I'm not going to pretend that I do, but you know, you do see highlights around him or see him talking for a few minutes, flipping past channels. And he was so unanimated when he was talking to that Mexican president or like they were, you know, do both doing their speeches or whatever. It was, it just seemed like a completely different guy to me. And then to find out that he said on social media or whatever that, they did not discuss the building of the war. They might have discussed the building, but they didn't discuss the payment terms. And the Mexican president said, yeah, we did discuss them. And I told them we would absolutely never pay for it. <laughs> so, I, you know, I thought that was pretty hilarious myself. Well, it's just goofy to... to I mean, yeah, I was I was one of those people who never thought he would be, I didn't think it would be the candidate. But, you know, people... Uh, I don't know if it was on Reddit or something like that a couple of year about a year or two ago somebody was like don't even, don't think it's a joke because it happened in Canada. I mean, I don't know the exact story, but I know that their prime minister whoever it is does not have a lot of experience in office or yeah. anything like that. It was kind of a similar situation. Well, and that guy in the Philippines who's running shit right there. I mean, that's that's a whole nother podcast, but uh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the war on drugs podcast. Um but no, I I think it just comes down to there's there's almost too much to try to absorb. You know, the information is everywhere, whether it's advertisements, television, phones, computers. It it's hard to I think it's just so easy to sort of be entertained or distracted where it's like what's a what does politics even fucking mean to us anymore? I think that's I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and you know, people some people want to be distracted by it, obviously. Others don't want to be. People People want to think that they're being heard and, you know, they want the candidate that's going to express their views and this and that. But when it comes down to it, they're really only pushing the agenda of a party, which kind of sucks. Well, and yeah, that reverts back to the whole capitalism thing. I mean, it's all... Um, I learned today that well, I'm not a huge statistic person and... Blah, blah, blah. But the stat that I heard was two-thirds of all medical research is done by pharmaceutical companies. It's just like, shit. I mean, to me that makes sense because it's like, all right, they're making all these drugs. They got to test them, you know? Like, right, but I think that's the that's an issue with me because it's the like you're, trying, you're essentially studying how to uh, profit on disease. True. Coming from that standpoint, as opposed to curing them, I guess. Or well, I'm, I'm sure you heard about the woman who was the CEO of the Ep- the people who make the EpiPen, whatever that corporation was. You know, the one that you like. Uh, 
I'm not even sure what it's used for, but diabetics, I want to say, maybe. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know the story. So she, just like that one guy with that pill, just absolutely jacked up the price and made it like, you know, five times as much as it was for no reason. And people, you know, started complaining on it about it. And you find out that she's making like uh, she's getting a $20 million bonus and this and that. So it's really just, you know, they're just they know they can raise the price of these things that these people need at this point. And there's nothing you're going to do about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm proud to say I don't take any pills. No pills for me. Me not neither. E- not even Tylenol. Um, if I if I have a bad headache, I've learned. I never used to ever take anything for a headache. Like, now I will take some ibuprofen, though, like the liquid gels, because it's like, why do I want my head to hurt for the next hour and a half when I could just take some pills and it, these two pills and it won't hurt for, you know, and it won't hurt in a half hour. Yeah. It's kind of how I look at it. Um the only other time, what obviously, is if I was prescribed to something or if I was sick. But other than that, I've just never been a fan of taking pills in general. Yeah. Um. So we we've sort of hit our time mark. Um. So I think we're gonna we're gonna close out. Uh. If you made it this far, thank you. Um. This is just the first one, so we're shaking off the rust, and we're gonna we're gonna keep going in some fashion. I applaud your efforts for making it this far. Yeah. <laughs> All right, every every podcast, uh, I do want to end it with ten rapid fire questions with whoever's on here. So, is it like first thing I think of, or I mean, it, they're not. It's you'll be fine. Deal. Who's gonna win the Super Bowl this year? Yeah. No, next year. That's a dumb question. I mean, by me. Um, uh. I really don't know this year. There's a lot of a lot of new stuff going on with in the league. My gut would say the Patriots will be in it, but I don't know. Maybe this is a maybe this is a year the Packers can do it. I was gonna. That's what I thought you were gonna say. Will the Cubs win the World Series? I believe so. I think they will this year. Um, if they get out of the National League, I think that's gonna be their biggest issue. Um, you got to deal with the Nationals, possibly the Mets, a couple other teams that are very solid um and as you know in the postseason you know it's just what team's the hottest yeah all right the bulls basketball's a little farther away but uh bulls will they win more than 41 games which would mean they would be over 500 it's funny you say that because when you asked i didn't know the question coming into this but if you were gonna uh, when you said that if you're gonna ask me their record i was gonna say probably about 500 (laughs) (laughs) um but I'll say two games below 500. So two. I'll say 39 wins uh, with the eighth spot in the East. Shit. Were dinosaurs real? <laughs> yeah. Have you been watching Hard Knocks at all? No. There's a guy, the starting defensive lineman in the NFL, who does not believe in dinosaurs at all. But he th- is 100% certain that mermaids exist. Oh. Will Allen, or not Will Allen, something, I don't know. Williams might be his last name. Don't play football. Next president of the United States will be Hillary Clinton. Will weed be legal in Illinois by 2020? I should say after 2020. Well, uh, around for recreational use, not for just like for medical. next election. The time that there's another presidential election. No, no. Um, I think it might be a little more medically available at that point, but I don't see it being legalized in illinois probably till like 2030 at the earliest 2030 like very legalized yeah what do you like most about the city of chicago (sighs) 
Um, I'd say the accessibility, just like knowing that, you know, it's funny because that would be the one thing that we would say, like, is the reason we all don't, all our friends and, you know, the people I know who live in the city, you don't see each other a ton. Yeah. But it's because obviously like, oh, I don't want to drive my car there during the day, but you can really get anywhere here, you know, using public transportation. Yeah. And I'd say that's the best because <clears throat> whether you want to be downtown or, you know, in a certain neighborhood or anything like that, you're easily there. And especially with something like Uber now, that just saves you so much money over taxis. I guess what in my travels, as what I realize is that it is this big city and there are so many people here, but at the same time, it's like small. Mm-hmm. You know, it is sort of compacted in and it's very organized. Small town feel. It's very organized. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do like about living in the area I'm in right now, and that is the, <laughs> well, actually, uh, I was, uh, there's a map at uh, Jordan's Cottage that is like an old school Chicago neighborhood drawn map. Yeah. And this area right here, like up until uh, the street over there, which I don't want to say what it is immediately, but uh, it's like not marked on any map. So I'm like in no man's land, literally. Wow. My phone picks up Lincoln Park, but I, I don't live in Lincoln Park. Hmm. I live in Logan Square. Um, I love the art around here, like especially like in the older part of Logan Square. There's just so much street art that's constantly changing and... If you ever get a chance, anybody who's listening to this, or even you, Mike, um, if you're up that way, go to the uh, abandoned Mega Mall, if you can, in the next couple months. I'm not sure when exactly it's getting officially knocked down to like do that redevelopment, but they're letting people do graffiti on it, so the entire wall of the mall is just an enormous set of pictures and paintings, and it's really amazing what these people could do. I like graffiti. All right, how much would you have to be paid on a monthly basis to not be able to use a cell phone? Like an idea to use a landline? Just no cell phone. No cell phone for, for you. For anything? Nothing. No text <sighs> messages. Ever? Uh, I mean, I'm just saying if someone pitched to you right now, like, I'll pay you. Obviously, if it was a million dollars, you would say yes. But what is a number? Give me a ballpark. Ballpark it here. I'd probably say between 500 and 1,000. <laughs> is that a lot? I don't think so because I feel like that would be on the cheap end of what, opportunity what most people would say. Social life. I, I just, it is, I think most people would answer like that. Um, And you know what? I think, <laughs> see, it's not like you can't use email or use like Facebook on a computer. So as long as you got one of those, you're like kind of keeping up. You can figure it out, but yeah. it would just not be as convenient. Not at all. A lot of people would not contact you. Yeah. All right. These last two questions are uh, quick. You've been wrongly convicted of murder. You're getting the death penalty. What is your last meal, Kyle? Um, you know, part of you wants to... I don't know. That, I have a really problem answering when people ask me what my favorite food is. Because <laughs> I have, like... I You know, I like a lot of different kinds of foods. But for the sake of this question, I'll just say... Uh, like a New York strip, cooked meat, cooked medium rare, um, like a lobster tail and blue cheese mashed potatoes. Blue cheese? I've never had that. They're pretty dope. Wow. Really good. I mean, they're really easy to do at home even if you had like get instant mashed potatoes, you know, just like make those and then go to the store and get either like blue cheese crumbles or something similar like that and just shake a good... 
if you're doing the crumbles and you make enough for like three people of mashed potatoes, you'd probably want to shake in like a quarter of the bag or more. Okay. But uh, you'll definitely get a little bit of some, of some flavor in there. That's great. All right, last one. Your neck high in a pool of diarrhea. A bucket of vomit is poured over your head. This is a terrible question. You ducking or taking the vomit? Um, obviously you can't see what it is, like what it looks like before it's gonna come down on you, because that would have like a big deal to do with it for me. Color of the vomit? Yeah. Well, what it looked like. You know, is it thick? <laughs> is it liquidy? Yada yada yada. Um, I'm gonna say uh, your my instinct would probably be to duck. Yeah. Obviously, I think you duck. Yeah. All right, we're uh, we're done, guys. You can you can hit stop or not. Look forward to some more podcasts in the future. Thank Peace you. out. Take it easy. Bye.